Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. I have a power pack show today. First up, the authors of Wired to Create, Unraveling the Mysteries of the Creative Mind, Scott Barry Kaufman and Carolyn Gregory are joining us. Good morning. Do I have Good morning. Both Do I have both of you? I've got Carolyn and Scott. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Fantastic. I really enjoyed your book. Before we get into the book, tell me about how the two of you decided to collaborate on this. Uh, well, I um, became familiar with Scott's work uh, because of his research on daydreaming, which I was really fascinated by. So I um, decided to interview Scott for a piece I was writing about um, the benefits of daydreaming, and uh, that led to a new article on uh, creativity. And so that collaboration uh, paved the way for, for the book. And, yeah. and Carolyn, you wrote just a small little article. <laughs> yeah. 18 Things Highly Creative People Do Differently, which generated over oh. 5 million views in one week. Yes. <laughs> people seem to really connect with it. Unbelievable. And you, you write for the uh, Huffington Post, is that correct? I do, yes. And then, uh, Scott, tell me a little bit about what you do. I know you're involved with the Imagination Institute. Yeah, I'm a cognitive scientist. I'm a psychologist. I study the science of well-being and creativity and imagination and um, mostly its implications towards education. Um, yeah, I uh, run uh, something called the Imagination Institute with Martin Seligman, who's the founder of the field of positive psychology. And um, we have various initiatives to understand how to measure, new ways of measuring and capturing creativity and imagination and ways of developing it. What I found, there's a lot of great things to talk about. And as I mentioned off air, off air I'd love to have you back again. Um, because uh, this book is packed with all kinds of great things. I want to touch on the fact that uh, you highlight there are 10 characteristics of the creative mind, um, including but not limited to mindfulness and daydreaming and solitude. As I'm reading this, I was thinking back to how I am, how I was as a child. I used to do a lot of different things from sketching and painting and drawing, and I love being alone. I'm still like that. S so do you find a lot of people coming up and saying, that's me? Oh, yeah, you should read the comments of <laughs> Carolyn's article. Um, even even an article I wrote uh, in Fruffing Post like like two years before that, the comments were like, get out of my head, Scott, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> or really, uh, yeah, it was really fascinating to, to see how much people resonate. I think a lot of people resonate as well with this phrase, messy mind. Yes. Would you agree with that, Carolyn? Yes, absolutely. I think people often haven't heard it quite described in this way. Um, and what we found again and again was that um, people were just so fascinated by this idea of the paradoxes and felt that that was something they experienced within themselves but maybe hadn't put in those terms or didn't see as being part of like a wider um, personality type or um, wider sort of tendencies. But people really connected with that piece of it. Are you both, would you say both of you are like this? Is that why this w the topic was so relevant? Uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely <laughs> like this. Bingo. <laughs> Probably a lot of research is me search. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, a lot of things you touch on, like being intellectually curious and adventurous and open to emotions and fantasy and being alone. Um, let's talk about the book. H how did you decide to break this book down the way you did? Oh, good question. Yeah, so we um, we calmed just 
so much literature on creativity um, to come up with this list. Uh, really, it was kind of, you know, we started out with some things that were intuitive and then uh, other things that came from the literature, but really we um, just did a, a thorough dive into the personality psychology uh, literature motivated by this question of uh, what makes highly creative people different um, from others. And so from there we kind of isolated these characteristics that are sort of present in all of us but are particularly pronounced in people with um, strong creative interests. Um, yeah. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about um, the importance of being open-minded and uh, give maybe give some examples? Sure. Do you want to take that one, Scott? I'm sorry, what, Scott? Did you call it, uh, did you call it open-mindedness? Yes. Uh, that's a little different than, we call it openness to experience. Okay. Um, which is, I think, a broader uh, term than open-mindedness, although um, people who are score high in openness to experience do tend to be very open-minded individuals. Um, but you tend to find it, it encompasses a lot of things. You know, you're open to um, fan your fantasies, like your daydreams. You're open to your emotions, like your full range of emotions. You're, um, you're also open to new ideas. So certainly open-mindedness is a part of it. Um, openness to new ideas, new um uh, new perspectives, perspectives that you don't necessarily agree with your own perspectives, for sure. Um, but also openness to aesthetics and beauty is a, is a big part of it as well. So, um, you know, and curiosity, intellectual curiosity is, is very central to it as well. But you can be, if you're ravenously curious, you tend to be ravenously, we find we tend to be ravenously curious about, like, everything. So sense. it's a very a broad construct. Yeah, and the unifying strand is this idea of... Um, exploration in all its forms. So curiosity really is, is central to that, of course, and it's this kind of constant drive to explore both one's inner world and outer world. So these tend to be people who are very introspective and um, often highly emotional and also, you know, people who are risk takers and adventure seekers and just driven to, um, to learn more about themselves and about the world around them constantly. Yeah. Now, the theme of my show, Get the Funk Out, sometimes we get into career funk, a creative funk, a personal funk, whatever it is. For people that want to be more creative, can you maybe provide some suggestions? Well, I think openness to experience really is one of the most critical things. So that's the number one personality trait that's associated with uh, creative achievement, both in arts and sciences. Mm -hmm. And so any way that you can sort of foster that and cultivate and nurture that trait within yourself um, is going to be really helpful. So things like um, travel and, and a change of scenery, um, doing something that you wouldn't normally do, um, even if it's just um, exposing yourself to a new type of art or music, um, you know, I think like doing things that are different and unusual encourages us to think in different and unusual ways. And so we're sort of we're kind of subtly retraining the brain to um, make new connections and to take on new perspectives. So that's pretty pretty critical. Yes. And what's interesting, I was reading some of the notes that came along with the book, is that you know, as we get older, sometimes we lose we definitely lose our ability to be creative, um, be adventurous. Would you say, you know, that's not all lost in adulthood? Oh, I mean, for, for some people it is. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, the question is, can you get it back? Is yes. that a question? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Absolutely. that's based on personal experience, Scott. <laughs> yes. Every now and then I get these little glimmers of, uh, 
of a feeling of like of my spontaneous uh, fun self that I was when I was a kid, and yes. uh, and I try to get in touch with it again. A lot of activities we can do to get in touch with it again. A lot of you know creative, artistic, creative right. um, activities very much get us. But what, I think that like it's in there. It, it, it's in there in all of us. Yeah, I think just taking on creative pursuits with a sense of playfulness and lightness and, you know, just even, it's so hard for some of us to even, like, create a doodle or, um, you know, try to paint something or do an improv sketch. Like, we're so self-judgmental and we take ourselves so seriously. So I think a good way to get back into that mindset a little bit is even just attempting something creative with without putting any pressure on yourself whatsoever and allowing yourself to look completely ridiculous or make something that you know, is not very, doesn't have a lot of artistic merit and, exactly. you know, just learn to sort of appreciate the process and, yes. and, and let go of the outcome. I, I totally agree. I remember taking a pottery class years ago and it was so sloppy what I would create. I mean, the thing, I could not keep the thing on the wheel and it was lopsided, <laughs> but it was fun and I tried, you know. Yeah, I, for me, like, improv is literally probably my worst fear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and recently I've been, I've had a few occasions where I've started doing it uh, just with groups of friends or, and, you know, I did an improv class. And it's, I think it's really good to, like, get out of your comfort zone and just, like, allow yourself to be stupid and, and not yes. be good at something and just find a way to enjoy it, I nevertheless. I fully agree. And I've taken those improv classes, too. I probably was right next to you feeling stupider. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You gotta do those. You know, things. You, you push past the, the the feeling of stupidness, and and yeah. ultimately, you know, there's some feeling of accomplishment at the end. Yes, exactly. And you know, sometimes those experiences, you can apply that feeling or that whatever you learned in that situation to something else. Totally. I mean, I think you know you can see that in, in all different types of creative mediums. Like for me, being able to allow myself to look ridiculous uh, in an improv class allows me to maybe take a little more risk with my writing and not worry about it sounding stupid. Yes. So it's very translatable. Right. I actually have applied it on the air, so if I flub up, I don't feel so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's so smart. That's you know, a great idea. <laughs> yeah, because you, you can't be so critical of yourself all the time. I mean, it's so silly. I mean, you know, you got to kind of let things go. Right, mm -hmm. and I think when we are coming from that place of self-criticism, it's just harder to, to do creative work. I mean, we have a harder time getting into a flow state because we're constantly sort of stopping and editing and second-guessing ourselves. Um, so any way that you can sort of, like, put a, put a lid on that voice um, is going to be beneficial for sure. And by the way, congratulations on all the great praise from everything from Susan Cain, the co-founder of Quiet Revolution, to... Ariana Huffington herself. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. These are fabulous yeah. authors. Angela Duckworth. Thank you. We were very excited. It's a, it's a great book. And I before we wrap up, I want to there's something I want to ask you. Is there a connection between creativity and mental or psychological health? Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll let Scott take that one. Okay. Um, there, yeah, everyday creativity in our lives is is not correlated with uh, madness or. Um, or mental illness, um, you know, we can bring these kind of habits to our daily life, and in fact, they show that they increase our engagement with the world, and they increase various aspects of well-being that are very important to us. So uh, I would say that um, there is kind of, the, the, a lot of that is a myth, but there is something to, um, at the genius level of creativity, you do tend to find the correlation with um, 
certain forms of mental illness, um, but those correlations don't mean causation at all. They don't mean that uh, you need to be crazy to or have mental illness to um, to be particularly creative. There, it's just a co-occurrence, and there's lots of reasons we try to unpack that in the in the book why that would be the case. I know you in the book you give uh, lots of examples of different uh, people that were famous. Um, you want to mention a couple that you know faced different things. I know uh, Frida is it Kahlo Kahlo. Frida Kahlo. Kahlo. Yeah, she's uh, so we use Frida Kahlo as uh, an example of post-traumatic growth, um, which is this newer burgeoning sort of field of psychology looking at how people actually grow psychologically in the wake of trauma. And so one of the main ways that people often experience positive growth after going through something difficult is uh, creative growth. So Frida Kahlo had a very difficult life and childhood and got into an, a bus accident um, in which she nearly died. Um, and painting was pretty much what got her through it and was her kind of saving grace. And so, I mean, there's so many stories like that with different artists, but, you know, in many cases, art becomes a way of coping with something um, very difficult that happens in a person's life. Yes. So where can people find out more about you and more about this book? Um, I think our book website is wiredtocreatebook.com. I should know that offhand. I got it. I found um, it right. I got it in the paperwork right here. That's right. Wiredtocreatebook.com. Great. Looking to see that the domain name hasn't expired yet. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't seem to. Uh, um, yeah, it's still there. It's Woo. there. It's there. And I, I think I also put it on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. Uh, and uh, also, uh, are, are you on, uh, I think you're both on Twitter or Facebook or if people want to reach out? Yep, we're on, we're on both social media. You can just Google our, our names and uh, you'll find us. Great. Any yeah. last bit of advice for people that, you know, they feel like they want to get back into a creative life, make time for play? Um, well, a lot of it involves the people you surround yourself with. Oh, yes. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, you know, like there's a, you know, you got you got to make time in your day for play. You got to like, you know, have friends that you can call up at like three in the afternoon, and be like, I need a play break. Yes, that's great. Yeah, advice. I think also just prioritizing creativity. If it's something that is important to you, then make a space for it in your schedule every day or at least once a week, um, and, and just do it. And eventually, it'll become a habit, and it'll become part of your routine, and you'll, you know, you can really grow from there. Excellent. I want to thank you both so much for calling in. This book is really fantastic. Thanks so much for having us. Thank, thank you. We really right. appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Scott Barry Kaufman and Carolyn Gregory, senior writer at the Huffington Post. And again, Scott is scientific director of the Imagination Institute in the Positive Psychology Center at UPenn. If you missed any part of this segment, it will be up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, uh, I have my next guest, uh, Daniel Connolly, who wrote the book of Isaiah, A Child of Hispanic Immigrants Seeks His Own America. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.